You're listening to Your Sales MBA with Cece Aparo and Jeff Hoffman. And Michael Jordan once said that everybody wants to be a champion. And I think that's true. Everybody wants to be a champion. He said very, 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 very few people want to practice to be a champion. Hi, everyone. We're back. Episode two, it is a, MBA, yeah. and we're yeah. back in Boston, which is lovely. Yep. Yeah, and and it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful Friday. It's a look outside. We Our offices are in downtown Boston, overlook Faneuil Hall, which is a touristy area kind of en route to the north end, And um, but we just have great views, and we're uh, checking out all the tourists, checking out Boston, and seeing the nice, what's left of our summer. I think it's probably the last weekend of it, but it uh, sure looks nice. It's that official end of summer. People are taking it all in before the madness of fall starts. But you were in Boston for a very specific reason, Jeff. I did come back for a show. You I came back a for a yeah. show. What you show know, did you see? I, went, I saw King Crimson last night. Never heard of them. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> My guess is most people who listen to this podcast are not King Crimson fans, but maybe there are a few. But anyway, they're, uh, you can Google them. They've been around literally 50 years. Really important kind of art rock, psych, prog rock band that I love. And they rarely play live. And they played in Boston. I was like fifth row right in front of the guitarist. It was really great. Was this your first time seeing them in concert? Surprisingly, it was. I, really? I, yeah. I mean, you know, I go to probably 100 shows a year. But I, I did not. I've never seen King Crimson. So I was so excited. And, it was, and they delivered. They were more than I had What hoped. was so good about the show? Oh, the, the musicianship of these guys is just phenomenal. These They have, you know, a variety of instruments and three drummers. And it's just very, very complicated music, hard to play live and just amazing to see people. Well, it's always amazing to see people do what they're great at, particularly when it's music. We were talking a couple weeks ago. Your son's a musician. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. like, does he go to see shows with you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I take he him to does? a lot of shows. In fact, I talked to him to the who at uh, Fenway last week. Really? That's yeah. very cool. Yeah, it is cool. And actually his band is playing uh, tomorrow morning, uh, opening up a, an Apple festival up in New Hampshire, um, but he plays guitar and sings. So yeah, he's uh, he's a musician. What's the best advice you've given him on his journey being a musician? Oh God, I you have to ask him, I guess, because I'm not a musician. <laughs> so I don't know if I've given him much. I do share with him what I share with a lot of folks in our trainings. It's a great quote from Michael Jordan. And I think it really holds true when people who are dedicated to the arts and perform arts and you think about all the rejection you get trying out for those kind of parts and earning a living and Michael Jordan once said that everybody wants to be a champion and I think that's true everybody wants to be a champion but he said very 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 few people want to practice to be a champion mm. and that's that's so right I mean, who doesn't want things wanting things ain't enough you got to practice for the things you want yeah. and that's something I hopefully other people kind of agree with is there any other advice you've given yes. him along the way? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is. What is that other advice? What you is ask? that other advice, Jeff? It's like we prepared for this. Yes. Boy, you're teeing it up so well if I don't want to be paying closer attention. <laughs> the answer is a set list, right? Know how to write a set list, son. That was the advice that I really yeah. am proud of giving him. I am so happy to hear you say yeah. that. Actually, we talk about set lists a lot when we're doing training. We do. And I talk about it with reps a lot, this concept of a set list. It's kind of a neat idea. Because I was thinking about it, actually, when I finished it, you said, what did you love about the King Crimson show? And it was a great set list. And you don't have to know who this band is to know what a good set list sounds yeah. like. Who do you like to listen to? Justin Who'd... Timberlake. Do you really? I mean, 
if we're being honest, it's the yeah, best concert I've ever been to. Him. Yeah, he's yeah. good. He's good. So yeah. you've seen him in concert? Twice. All right, so there you go. So I've never seen yeah. him in concert, and I will promise you, Justin Timberlake's set list was eerily similar to King Crimson's, even though they couldn't be more different in music. <laughs> All, All right, right so this is what happens. Yeah, so you, yeah, got, tell me. you got to the show, and um, even though the might have started at 7.30, it doesn't quite start at 7.30, maybe 7.40, 7.45, and then the lights get low, and everyone gets excited, and then the lights come up, out comes Justin Timberlake, everybody screams, Hi, Boston, and they kick into the first song. And he what, takes a shot at tequila at the beginning of all he, of the shows. Yeah, live he? on stage. Okay. It's amazing. Wow, that's pretty cool. He takes a shot <laughs> at tequila, and then he sings a hit. It won't be his biggest hit, and I certainly don't know the catalog of Justin Timberlake. Shocked by that. <laughs> but my guess is he led the concert with a song that virtually all fans know. Is mm. that true? Mm-hmm. And that was definitely true of the King Crimson show. So the first song they play is one that everybody who's there probably knows and gets everyone excited. And everyone jumps up and is happy and is dancing and smiles abound. And you look at your strangers next to you and look at the stranger on the other side of you. Everyone's smiling and dancing, having fun. So the second song comes out. That second song is similar to the first song in that it's probably a song you recognize keeping you dancing you're really thrilled you're two songs in you know them both this is fantastic you're really happy you're nodding your head with your buddy you're dancing along and now song three now song three is a little different (laughs) song three is going to keep the pacing of song two so if these first two songs were kind of lively this third song's going to be lively too but it's not going to be one you recognize right away maybe it's a deeper track or something off a newer record Anyway, you're not going to recognize you don't know it right away because you've been dancing for two songs and it's wicked loud. But now you're about 30 seconds into the third song and you recognize you don't know it because you can't sing along. You look at your friend with a big smile. Do you know this song, you mouth? (laughs) Your friend looks back with an equal smile, mouths. I don't. And then you go, let's get a beer. Your friend goes, let's go. And you go get a beer and you're like, this is great. You're having fun. You're half listening to make sure you don't miss a song you like, but you take a little break and why? Because they had to write a set list that was going to take you on a journey. They just do. The the typical concert is going to hour and a half, two and a half hours. Maybe they'll play 12 to 20 songs. The order of those songs matters because they have a goal. I would argue, I know my son does when he performs, and I'm guessing this is true with other performers. And that goal is the audience to leave completely jacked from that show, wanting to see them the next time they come to town, telling their friends how much fun they had, and maybe buying some merchandise or buying a record. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. You want them to leave jacked up. So if you want to leave them excited, the top of the mountain, a set list is the journey there. I don't know about Justin Timberlake's catalog, but even King Crimson's catalog, these guys aren't the Beatles. (laughs) So they can't like play mountaintop songs for two and a half hours. So they got to figure out a way to do it. Now, the easiest way to go to a mountaintop is kind of like a staircase takes you straight up there, which case the biggest, best songs are at the very end. But if you use that model, the worst songs are where? Right in the middle? Right in the, no, right in the beginning. The beginning middle, which is so funny. We learned stuff like this. I was a theater major in college. Oh, there you go. And when we were learning how to put together plays and learning how people put together cabarets, they always say you stick your worst acts in second and third place. Yeah. It's like a sandwich. You got to start strong and finish strong. Even if you're watching shows like... American Idol or The Voice, they do the same thing. Yeah, everyone does it. It's yeah. like, and then, and then they're like, but vote. It's if I, if like, I grab, for that guy who sucks in third, no thank you. Yeah, right. If I grab your attention satisfactorily early, you'll give yeah. me some runway later. Totally. But if I don't grab your attention early, you're out. Yes. So if I start that concert or that set list with a bunch of new songs you never heard of. You're you, out. You're out. You might leave. You might totally. never get kind of sucked into the show. So what most do is they kind of start pretty close to the top of that mountain. And then somewhere, third song, fourth song, 
They're going to drop right down to the bottom. And then they're going to play some acoustic songs. And then they're going to have their guest star. And then they're going to have a little rapport with the audience. And then they'll have the drum solo. But somewhere after the, let's call it 60% mark has finished in the show, they'll start to climb up the ladder. They'll start giving you more hits. They'll start changing the tempo and shaving time between songs. So they come a little more rapid fire and a little more machine gun approach. And then it gets fast and furious with another great one, another great one, another great one. And then, yeah, they're going to end with, you know, Sweet Home Alabama. They don't, they're not going to put <laughs> Sweet Home Alabama in the middle of the concert. Yep. They're going to end with it. So we kind of know this and then you get the encore and it's perfect. And we know it. We're used to it as fans of musicians. Well, my question to UCC is why can't we use steal some of that when we're selling or when we're on a job interview or when we're talking to our boss about something. Like, why can't we, if we're going to present something, can't we control the sequencing to give that experience? Well, we should be, but we're terrible at doing it. We talked about this on our last episode, but we talked about this idea of instincts and how sometimes... While instincts can serve us really well, sometimes they do us dirty. We've seen this with a lot of reps where they start with the Sweet Home Alabama. Then they don't have a lot of room to grow from No, they there. don't. Well, they just, now what? I mean, yeah, you got exactly. an hour and a half to play. Especially You'll, on a sales call or a demo yeah. or something so, like that. So you look at where the drummer is sitting. You look at where the keyboard player is sitting. You look at where the guitarist is standing. And what do you see there if you stare on stage? Little copy of the set list they drafted maybe the night before or that afternoon or during sound check. They all know the songs they're going to play in the order they're going to play them in. And they had to make the decision to do that, and you're right, they do start with their Sweet Home Alabama. The same rep probably didn't write down a set list, so they're just leading with their hit. Right. So why don't we first think about what's our set list? Like, what are our songs? Like, what are the things about our product? What is the thing about my candidacy? What is the thing about my perspective that I think is compelling? What are the most attractive elements? What are the things that are going to excite my boss? What are the things that are going to excite this hiring manager? What is going to excite my customer? Let me catalog them, and then let me put them in an order where maybe I start with some strong ones and end with some strong ones instead yeah. of just firing me, bringing as much thought to it as maybe, you know, Robert Fripp did last night with King Crimson. Well, I mean, it seems so simple, but writing it down has such a profound impact because we say it all the time. I'm just going to wing it. Let me just get on this call. I'm going to keep it casual and conversational. Right, and right. it's a disaster. Right. And I always say this, which is true. People pay good money to go yeah. see shows. It cost me $200. For someone that no one's ever heard of. Just, <laughs> <laughs> many people have heard of. It's not you. But that's okay. They're my, big listeners. Sorry, yeah, King but, but you're right. I did not spend that kind of money to see those guys to wing see, it. Wing it on nope. stage. I nope. wanted to see tight, rehearsed, polished performance, which they delivered. And that starts with writing it down. I think so. All right. So then where does it go from there? Sales reps who are want to do this and want to get good at building their set list. Start with writing it down. Maybe even talk to some happy customers that you sold. Ask them what their favorite songs are. Ask them what they like. What do they want to hear? What were the things in our sale that really resonated with you, Bob? Hey, what did I say that you really got turned on by? And what did I tell you about our company that you really could care less about? Like, I think your customers are really good sources totally. to let you know what the hits are. Do you know who's not a good source? People who don't buy from you. Yeah, man. Yeah, right. So the last person I want to ask to improve my presentation skills is someone who hates my presentation. Oh, uh, <laughs> It know. sounds like you, instinct says you should, but no, I want to ask people who love my presentation and didn't like the last one I did. Like that, right. that's someone I can learn from. Totally. Someone who doesn't like my presentation might not like anything I do. And I got to be honest, the customers who love you are the ones who are willing to give you that tough feedback. Yeah. The people who don't buy from you, they just, it's awkward. They're like, I'm just going to tell you something like, it's not you, it's me. Yeah. Like you went in a breakup and bail on you. Absolutely. So I'm with you. All right. So 
And have a merch table. A merch table. Yeah, whatever that means. Have a merch table for yourself. When you have a captive audience at a sales call, or just like a captive audience at a concert, have crap to sell them. So what if it's $20 shirt? You know what? If you have 3,000 people at a concert and 10% buy your shirts, that's another three grand you made just because you sold the shirt at the concert. It's like those people will not buy that shirt anywhere but that concert. Totally. So what is your merch table, sales rep? Like what can you close for? What can you give away? What can you... Even if they're incremental sales, they're not going to break open your your quota. But gosh, if you're going to ask people for time and they give it to you and the meeting goes well, why not close for something? Maybe it's how do I get them to sponsor an event at a marketing table or sponsor some kind of swag or an executive conference meeting? I mean, why not? If you got them captive, close them. I like it. We got to build our merch table. I actually have my own personal merch table of things that I sell. Yeah. What's your most popular merch? Workshop. Yeah, that's good. Our workshop. People, that's good. Yeah, it's a I should take my own advice. I really don't have much merch. You don't have one? Mm-mm. I don't well, have much we, merch. We got to get you some. All my merch is free, <laughs> except for the actual course. I know. Well, the podcast it's, is merch, but that's free merch. It's free. But you know what? I'm, now that I said, I'm going to take my own advice. I'm going to yeah. think about it too. I'll have some merch too right. next time I sell or teach I, or something. I hope we don't have competing merch tables. Uh, maybe like a tour shirt, like a rugby tour shirt. We've been talking my, a lot about with my big mug on it. You know what? I would love to hear from people. He's huge in Japan. <laughs> Jeff is huge in Japan. (laughs) You know what I would love to hear from people? I want to know what is the best merch you've ever received from people. I want to know. Oh, yeah. I always want to know, like, what is the best? Socks are always really big. I'll tell you mine. Yeah, I got it. I will even plug the merchant. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't didn't talk about this. I'm going to plug the merchant. Merchant's Charles Schwab. Charles Schwab got a swag piece from Charles Schwab. It's a little piece of plastic. It's probably the size of two or three quarters if you tape them together, like just since how big it is. And it's technically a letter opener, but it's a letter opener with a little piece of plastic. So it's not like a sharp Sharp edge. And it is perfect for one thing. And I've kept it forever in my desk to do it. It opens records and CDs, like anything with like a tight cellophane. cellophane. Yeah. totally removes it without scratching the crystal or the plastic. And do you think of Charles Schwab every time you use it? No, and I... (laughs) I would love to say I've since opened a Schwab account. And if there are any Schwab reps listening, I haven't. But if you are a Charles Schwab rep and you email me referencing that little opener... I will take a sales call with Charles Schwab. I'm putting that out there right there. I love it. Okay. That's that's all I got today. So if you're a marketer listening right now, go find one of those cellophane openers so that you can get Jeff as your target audience. What's a CD? What's a CD? What's a CD? You just totally dated yourself. All right. Well, we hope you guys are loving all of these sales tips that you could take into your real life with you. We were talking about the name of our podcast and I think we're going to keep it. We I are? Think, I think so. Okay. So, but I go. kind of like this idea of how to sell a life. So, because everything we do in life, we're selling all the time. So, here's some tips and tricks for you to take away. Thanks for listening. All right. Happy selling. Hi again, Cece here. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Your Sales MBA. If you want to make sure that you never miss an episode, don't forget to go on to iTunes or Google Play or Spotify, wherever you're listening to this and subscribe, rate and review as we love hearing from you. And if you want to get your sales questions answered, feel free to send it to us at podcast at sellhoffman.com. We'll see you next week. Happy selling. Happy selling.